This week, we read The Lightning Thief, Chapter 8, We Capture a Flag. Through careful implementation of the Izard stratagem. Salute your shorts, all my buddies, and welcome back to the Jackson 2, the only Percy Jackson reread podcast. Recorded in front of a live studio audience consisting of my cat. But Casey, what if I'm not wearing shorts? Well, I mean, that's why you're saluting them. You can't, it's difficult to salute them if you're wearing them. It's not impossible, but at the very least, you're risking neck damage. Ah. Safety first, William. Also, William, who are you, William? Uh, I, uh, for better, not worse, am William Mills. Mm. I am your good buddy from German class. That's that's true. It's that's fundamentally old, true. You it, are my good buddy from German class. It is the reason we are who we are today. Yup. And that couple times we played D and D at Battlegrounds, yeah. when I used uh, when I used ghost sound to make a goblin hear his mother's voice inside his ear, expressing disappointment in his life choices. It is the only good experience I ever had at Battlegrounds. Yeah, see, Battlegrounds was the kind of place you think is a good gaming shop if your town has one gaming shop. <laughs> Rest in, in peace. Uh... Anyway, <laughs> that was a pretty quick derail. Uh, my name is Old CW, and we are here uh, to go through Chapter 8, We Capture a Flag. William, do you want to give us a quick run-up of the last uh, episode, Chapter 7, Smokey and the Bandit? Uh, absolutely. Uh, in the aftermath of, uh, Percy Jackson attacking his bullies with, uh, toilet water. Yeah. Uh, he... Eau de toilette, baby. He and Annabeth have a good conversation about, uh, the nature of why Percy is here. He... Yeah. Uh, one of the god, one of the Olympian gods came down and... Gave his mom the business, and we don't know which one it is. Wow, wow, wow! A lot of th- there's a there's a lot to unpack there, William. Uh, yeah, there is, uh, and there's a lot to unpack in the in, in the story too, because uh, well, actually, there's there's not because Percy doesn't have anything. Uh, gave his mom the business. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, well, how? Yeah. <laughs> Am I inaccurate? We don't know which direction, in which direction the business loan was signed. Uh. Okay. So, the, the ultimate conclusion was that we don't know who your divine parent is. We don't quite know what the fuck your deal is, but we know this much. You're on my team for Capture the Flag, Sonny Boy. Yeah. Annabeth is, yeah. reveals that her, that she is the, a daughter of Athena, and she has been Correct. here longer than any other camper. Five Correct. years, as revealed by a necklace that Casey is all about. God, uh, I want one. Uh, it is also uh, revealed what the main thrust of the book's plot is going to be. Uh, namely, something got stolen from Olympia, Olympus, and the gods are real mad about it. Correct. They do not tend to take kindly to their stuff uh, being stolen. La- last time that happened, it got very livery. Uh, exactly. 
It, horses everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Equestrian bun. That's All a right. pretty good one. Um, we try. Uh, okay. And it ended with uh, dinner, wherein mm. they, wherein the purpose of the title came about. Uh, yeah. It's shown that at every dinner, each camper is, uh, offers a par- portion of their food to a great brazier, which gives off... The choicest portion. Which gives off just the best smell. TM. And also, bad psychiatric advice over the radio, because it's brazier crane. Yeah, no, you... You... Mercilessly tortured that punchline last episode, and I have to call Amnesty International. Uh, you know what's interesting, William? I, I had a moment where I'm like, is is Frasier... Like, that show ended 20 years ago. Is that uh-huh. is that an out-of-touch reference? Like, are the kids going to be like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then I remembered, nah, that shit's on Netflix. That shit's everywhere. There is no reason you couldn't the, see Frasier today. The, there, is, there is a popular Twitter that is built entirely off the joke of putting Frasier Crane next to a modern video game. Exactly. And, you like, know, of all the things that have not aged well in Fraser, uh, he is still a sex pest trying to be better, and, uh, that is an eternal story, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we left off with Percy feeling real good about his place at camp. Ah, what? Correct. He's having a good time. So, it's the next, whenever, we don't know, it's a period of time. There's a montage. The, it, the uh, next few days... Yeah, the next montage span. PJ is 20, settling in at Camp Half-Blood. He's got classes and he's got courses. 20 minutes from now, AD. Mm-hmm. He's uh, taking ancient Greek from Annabeth. Which... And... I... Okay, I'll admit. I did, maybe I didn't notice this the first time I read I read the chapter, but... uh, Is, is she just the Greek teacher at this camp? Or is she just like... Has she just been assigned Percy? Um, so, as as a daughter of Athena, I think it's safe to classify Annabeth Chase, ABC, as, as a type A personality, right? Likely. Um, which I do not mean as an insult. I'm married to one. They are very useful and also scary. It, it, is, and, a, it, it is a description of... She, how she acts as a person. Yo, look, like, without type A's, shit would not get done. We wouldn't have, like, dams and hospitals and shit. It would just be dum-dums like me sitting around chomping on a piece of fruit being like, what if there was a dog who was the king of a country? And then I step on a thorn and get tetanus and die. That's that's what the world would be like if it was just people like me. So as thank God for type A's. Be. As it should be. As nature intended in all her cruel beauty. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think Annabeth has just kind of taken him as like her charge because she's been here long enough that she's seen people come and go, right? Yeah. And she's, she probably sees, she probably knows something weird when she sees it. Yeah. And, and we don't know exactly, or she, you know, they don't know exactly what Percy is at the moment, but she knows he's something weird because normal half-bloodedness is not enough to cause toilet typhoons. Generally. No. Uh, uh, the ancient Greek thing, I don't fucking know. 
Like, yeah. there's there's that weird thing they talked about about how their brains are wired for it, which I I don't like that even I, a little bit. I yeah, that's. I, I mean, I think that was a bad call, but I mean, uh, item number eighty five on yeah Rick's, yeah. I'm uh, this is not how I would do things nowadays. List add it to the list, whatever. It's not yeah. Uh, we're we we we've, we're gonna, we've moved past that. We're gonna get to another one of those quite soon. Oh for, yeah, it's a big one. See, we're not talking about Ding. this, so we can talk about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I will say uh, that there were, they mentioned, or Percy mentions, um, talking about the Theoi, the gods, in the present tense, which was kind of weird. So, William, you are not a religionsman. Uh, no, I except in the academic sense. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Academically, religions are very interesting to me. Uh, yeah. But I am not a follower of anything really uh right whereas i am devoutly religious i i just i'm not sure which one Um, which you know is in my experience uh talking with people um that is actually becoming more common yeah it's well it's getting harder and harder to escape like the human foibles and failings that have shaped the modern religious landscape and especially the institutions that have previously been seen as infallible and all-knowing in the context of religious and moral and historical authority. So people trying to see through those things to the clear, to the true shape of them, trying to see beyond the stained glass window to the shape that they are trying to express and then through that shape to the light behind it. Um, yeah, it's people, people aren't being disillusioned with religion or spirituality. They're being disillusioned with institutionalized religion, which like all institutions mm-hmm. seeks only to protect and further its own ends. Yeah. Um, that's more or less it. That's more or less the thing. Anyway. Uh, um, I'm in fact a lapsed Baha'i, but I, I go back to it sometimes. I don't know. Anyway, so they're talking about the present, te- the gods in the present tense, um, which sounds like a, uh, Th- that realism is, story. Uh, God, uh, I was gonna say, gods in the present tense sounds like a, uh, they, they wouldn't say they're a rock band, but they're a rock band. Right. Kind they're of definitely band. a rock band. They don't like that label. They don't like the connotations, but they rock pretty hard. But 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 they they, they are definitely not acoustic. No, no, not at all. Except in their live unplugged sets, but they're not allowed to record those because it would screw with their brand too much. Um. So uh, the idea of discussing the gods as literal realities in daily life... um. Not theoretical things, not things. Cause like, they talk about honoring the gods and, and, and similar, but like, the knowledge that these things are literally real, you know, defeats the need for faith, right? Yeah. And, cause kinda yeah. like we were talking about it in the last episode, like, it's a transactional belief system, not a, not a faith-based one. Yeah, no, you, um, uh, and it's, it, it, it's one of those things where, um, uh, some theologies have a morality component right. where they are prescribing this is how you should live. Yeah. Uh, the Greek gods are not that. They are, no. uh, you know, you don't steal because you're a, you know, follower of the god of thieves. You talk to Hermes, the god of thieves, because you are a thief. Exactly. 
is a, which, you know, may sound like the same thing, but it's not. But it's uh, not. My God, right or wrong. Uh, and um, that is definitely not the way, uh, the Greeks were. You, no. you talked to the gods as you needed them. Yeah, like you just and and honestly, that's I, uh, like, I get, unless you were specifically a priest, right? And and I get the appeal to polytheism in that sense. Like if I was flying and I was real real nervous about it, like in an aeroplane, come on, uh, and I was real real nervous about it, and I could just like hit up a shrine of Zeus and be like, "Hey, dude, I'm about to be all up in your sky. Could you, you know, make sure I'm gonna be okay up there? Could, could you uh, be cool?" I would absolutely do so. And also yeah. Thor, just for safety's sake. But, um, yeah. and also handsomeness's sake. But, uh, uh, yeah. No, I, I get it. You know, William, for many years I wore my hair kind of long and kind of like straight back. Um, and it was fine. And then my wife and I saw, uh, Thor Ragnarok and she looked over at me and my hair almost instantaneously became the sort of forward like as close as close as a regular human man can get to what Chris Hemsworth's hair looked like in Thor Ragnarok without yeah. you know I don't have a team I don't have a pit crew who can <laughs> make me look like that every day Yeah uh, Did she make comments? <laughs> she uh she she made she made comments. Uh she is she is uh, not one to comment generally speaking uh but when she makes them I we- listen and I'm glad I did. <laughs> Yeah, she, she is not one to comment, except when it is uh, absolutely raining on your bullshit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway. So I just thought that that was interesting. Um, that Percy is. is oh, PJ's having a hard time though. Is what's up? He is yeah. getting his ass handed to him at everything. Yeah, he he is. Oh, this is actually something I made a note of. Uh, where he goes through all the various camp activities, mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure out what he's good at, TM. Yeah. And he's kind of mediocre at all of them. Uh, except canoeing. Yeah. Uh, except that, and that wasn't the kind of heroic skill people expected to see from the king, the kid who had beaten the Minotaur. Uh, which is a funny That's line. A- it, it is funny, but it's also weird. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just the era we grew up in and where we're at now. But, like, why would you assume that I wouldn't be good at canoeing just because I'm also good at monstro side? Because uh, those two things, I guess those two things don't generally overlap. Fucking, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but I also, I also made a note. Um, yeah, he's bad at archery. He's bad at uh, all the other stuff he tries. Quote, and wrestling? Forget it. Every time I got on the mat, Clarice would pulverize me. There's more where that came from, punk. She'd mumble in my ear. And, like, look. I, in the year 2022, I am having real difficulty seeing Clarice as anything but, like, belligerently attracted to everyone at camp. I mean, evolution of tropes. Yeah, that's a point. Uh, we... Because, like, we don't really have many bullies in media anymore. We've kind of no. moved past the need for them socially. And honestly, female bullies on this level are quite, were quite rare even in the era oh, yeah. of bullies. So, Real thin on the ground. 
uh, like, usually when there were female bullies, it was not... There were usually two kinds of bullies. There was the giant jock who beat the shit out of you, and there was the weasel who sniped at you with words. Right. Your uh, your Scott Farkas and Gil, respectively. Yeah. Yes. Uh, And generally, the lady bullies were not the former. No, there was the super class of rich bitch, of course, uh, yes. whose, whose money and, uh, power and privilege distanced them from the need for humanity. And I think that would, I mean, the, I guess popular girls were like a subset of that, maybe? I don't yeah, know. I, that, that was I generally where they lived in media. So, yeah. I, I anyway, mean, you don't, you don't often see girls kicking people's asses. And I guess we kind of don't really have, like, mechanisms for processing it no uh anyway it just seems to me like clarice is real into just about everybody here and has no way to express it except through violence i mean i'll be honest that's probably how i would write it well Uh, there's there you go so yeah um, he's good at canoeing uh there is a go ahead and he there goes all this and um he's real bummed about it and luke tries to and tries to cheer him up, saying he might be a god of her, a child of Hermes, a kind yeah. of jack of all trades type. Wouldn't that be cool? And it just reminds me that the original full, um, I'm so proud of you. Line of that yep. phrase is uh-huh. jack of all trades, master of none, still preferred over master of one. Exactly. English, the English language does that. There are many phrases like that, like, curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought him back, is what you don't hear. Yeah, there are uh, a lot of phrases that have... cut the back half off of. And it changes the meaning of them entirely. Exactly, like, um... I don't know what to attribute that to, but it is definitely a thing in the English language. Yeah, like, uh, blood is thicker than water is a reduction of the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, meaning that the connections and bonds you forge intentionally with other people and chosen found family are stronger than simple familial connections. And it was, um, often, and, it, and it was often, um, attributed to a, to specifically the blood of the battlefield. Referring to soldiers spilling blood together. Ooh, yes, please. I'm here for that. Uh, Uh, That is not the only interpretation, but that is a common interpretation. Yeah, I can see why. I'm here for it. Similarly, um, the idea of hoisting yourself by your own bootstraps was originally an illustration of something that is impossible to do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So. Not to be confused with being hoisted by your own petard, which is no. very much a thing. Which is when Patrick Stewart kicks your ass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he could. He is a, he, he's a fairly athletic gentleman. No. He's he's one million, poor old guy. I, I mean... Yeah. Look, if you're in a place where you've come to a physical confrontation with Pat, Sir Patrick Stewart, you've already lost. That's the point. Yeah, the... the there are problems beyond the immediate ass-kicking going on in yeah. your life. How did we get here? Let's review. No. Um, so, quote, I would eat dinner with Cabin Eleven, scrape part of my meal into the fire, and try to feel some connection to my real dad. Nothing came. 
Just that warm feeling I'd always had. Like the memory of his smile. Uh, yeah, bud, that's the thing you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, that's the moment of communion with the divine. <laughs> yeah, d- dad angst, I really get it. Yeah, same. Uh... Um, but like, I don't know, just like Percy being like, what's going on? I don't feel anything, except this feeling I feel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, the, no, that, that, that's pre- pretty on track for a 12 year old though. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. They're not good at feelings and no. it doesn't get better. I, I believe the word you used was truculent, which is one of my favorite <laughs> words in the English language. It's <laughs> a good word. Fun, fun story about the word truculent. Um, when I was reading the first Artemis Fowl book, which is what uh, unlocked the of part of my course. brain, the part of my brain that devours writing systems and neographies, uh, shout out to r slash neography on Reddit and omniglot.com. Um, when I was reading those, there was, uh, a character, cause you know, it's all these fairy creatures, right? There's centaurs and, and dwarves and similar, but there was a gnome and there was a gnome who was running a front desk somewhere who was described as truculent, but this was like in seventh grade and I hadn't yeah. hit that word yet. And, yeah. uh, for some reason I didn't, I didn't go look it up. I think, I think we were on vacation or something and I didn't have access to a dictionary. So I just misread it and I thought it said translucent. <laughs> and so, so you for just the whole rest, this, you just, for the whole book, you thought this one whole character series. was just no. I thought through. I thought all of them. I thought all gnomes were see through. I thought because like, look, those books are full of weird biology and shit. You got like dwarves that can unhinge their jaws and scoop through dirt and use their beard hairs to pick locks and shit. I thought sure, gnomes are just like see through, uh, you know, organ systems that you can see all their shit. Like, I don't fucking know. But yeah, anyway, yeah, it's like a deep water fish. Exactly. So Percy is a semi-transparent deep water fish. Uh, uh and it occurs to him that surely if magic, then some way to save Saint Sally from the underworld, right? There has to be. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. They're, they're hammering that line quite a lot where it's like it's one of those things where it's like I know where they're going, but that's also a right. sign of good writing. It's hell. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like I, I, I've been. In, I am an adult reading a young adult novel, uh, right? So I'm coming at this with probably a hint more literary experience than was expected. Yeah. So I, I know the tropes of, you know, oh, they're hammering on this. This is definitely going to be a thing later, uh, right? Yeah, you're walking, you're walking more steadily on those grounds than a younger reader might. Well, and as you point out, like, being able to see where it's going is a sign of good writing. Um, I was listening, as we discussed briefly in the pre-show, I was listening to the Flophouse, uh, and their episode on Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. And, um, one of the floppers, uh, Elliot Kalin, was talking about how frustrated he was that he could like see where the movie was going at every second there is no point at this movie in which you are surprised and you do not know what is coming and uh he was really frustrated with that but then he pointed out that like the movie companies when you say stuff like that to them they say look we have the research we have the numbers people like to be able to figure it out before they get there people don't want to be surprised they want to feel smart and uh I don't know exactly how to feel about that. Cause I'm, I... I'm of two minds. Um, I think 
a healthy balance is needed. Yeah. Uh, Por que no los like, dos? Uh, where it's like, you, you don't want to have secrets and twists just for the sake of secrets and twists. It's right. the reason J.J. Abrams is a hack. Uh, <laughs> sure, that's why. Anyway. Uh, it, it is the spore that grew into the cancer that is him. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. Ooh. <laughs> Spicy take. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I, I have no good things to say about J.J. Abrams as a creative force. Um, yeah, that's fair. But on the other, like, you do still want some amount of that, just because right. if in the first ten minutes I can predict every single jump point in the story, right. that's kind of boring. Well, like, it also and, it also depends and, on the good, and and you very much need something else to shore that up. Where, like, if you if you're watching a movie like The Raid or John Wick. You know pretty much what's gonna happen in that story. Yeah. But the... He's thinking he's back. Yeah. Therefore he goes back. Yeah. But it, it is shored up by the good, good action of the piece. Oh, yeah, and that if was that my point, sense. is that, like, tropes, tropes are tools. Tropes are not bad. Yeah. Just, just because something is a predictable and comfortable and well-worn story structure doesn't mean that it can't also be good. The Name of the Wind, for example, is, like, it's built on the bones of a pretty, like, stock-ass fantasy story oh, in a yeah. lot of ways, right? Uh, it's also incredible. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, no, I, I because the agree. the meat on those bones is so so choice. <laughs> yeah, and like I I remember. Uh, do you remember the movie San Andreas? Do I remember the the people who were in San Andreas don't remember San Andreas? And uh, come on, that is the correct answer. Um, it, it it's an earthquake movie. That's all you need to know, right? Uh, my mom and sister watched that movie once, uh, and. They literally, I don't know if they literally made it a drinking game, but right. they did in fact make a game of, in five minutes he's gonna say this, in yep. five minutes she's gonna do that, and they were right yep. every single fucking time. And you know what? I don't think that's inherently a bad thing, as long no. as, cause like, say what you will about San Andreas, and I'm sure there's a lot to say, uh, there's from not. what I can tell of it, it's a movie that knows itself, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it is there just to fret and strut its hour upon the stage and then depart your mind and your life until you bring it up on a podcast three years later. And I don't think that's inherently a bad thing. Not everything can be not an in- original groundbreaking masterpiece. Not, not everything in- should be. Not inherently, but I, I, I do think that's actually a, an important, uh, aspect where it's like, if you do that and you know you're doing that, that's one thing. Yeah. If you do that, but you think, Oh ho ho, I am so clever and no right. one will see this coming. That's a problem. Uh, you better either succeed super hard or fail super hard and be entertaining while doing so. Yeah. Um, it really, I mean, media can be good or bad and still be enjoyable either way. It just can't be boring. Oh yeah, no. Uh, the worst movie I have ever seen in my life on an sure. objective, provable level yeah. is also one of my the favorite things I've ever seen. What is it? Bright. Netflix oh. is bright. 
Yeah, that's right. It's your it's, Southland Tales. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is like it, it, if 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 I go to meet my maker and Saint <laughs> and Saint Peter stops me at the gate, the gates of heaven, and say, "You need to explain this." I will not be able to. You need to renounce Bright. I, you can keep your sins, but renounce Bright. I, I, I can, I can account myself for everything else, but Bright I have no defense for. This is inexplicable. It is simply a thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of sorries, uh, PJ is wondering about saving him, Mama, and he begins to understand Luke's resentment toward Hermes. Uh, quote, Dionysus, or Dionysus, could make a Diet Coke appear out of thin air. Why couldn't my dad, whoever he was, make a phone appear? Which and... is a point. Yeah, it is a point. And, like, William, as a non-religious person, um, you you might not have... The, like the context to see the parallels to modern and especially modern monotheistic religion. Cause like. Oh no, I do. Uh, the, cause, cause there is a big question of if God, if a faith is predicated on the belief that their Godhead figure is this, this all powerful being. Right. And they have the ability to communicate directly with their followers. Why don't they? Right. That, uh, I, that, that is a big thing in a lot of circles. Yeah, and honestly, fair question. Um, you know, our, our mutual pal Autumn, uh, is a belligerent atheist. Um, not exactly an antitheist. I don't think they think that religion is inherently evil and destructive, but like, oh yeah, no, I'm very much against that idea. But. Yeah, um, but anyway, their uh, their main thing, um, I forget where I was going, but why can't God do stuff? I don't know. Anyway, but my my point is, uh, like in in modern monotheistic religion, by w- by which I mean culturally, let's just say it, Christianity. I mean, yeah, you can, if you, can, you mean Christianity, the, say Christianity. Exactly. Like Judaism has a super cool modern internet presence. Uh, there are tons of great rabbis you can follow on Twitter like I do. Jewish Twitter is the fucking place to be. Those cats know what's up. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly because they are super up on women's rights and LGBTQ inclusion and protection. Um, anyway, also, Islam as she is actually taught, like in the Quran itself, where women are explicitly people who can own property and be individuals with agency, pretty good! Uh, when we start the, talking about institutions, that's a different thing, different conversation. But like, the, the mainstream institution of a religion largely goes again, goes astray from the actual teachings of the books. I am so couldn't very shocked. Possibly this, comment. This is anyway. my shocked face. I will send anyway, you a of my anyway, shocked face to put on the Twitter. Anyway, so, like, in modern evangelical Christianity, like, you're supposed to have have this personal relationship with deity. In fact, uh, you will occasionally meet very exhausting people who wear shirts that say, uh, ask me why Christianity isn't a religion or whatever. And then you say, okay, what is it? And they say, it's not a religion. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And then they get to feel super cool and tell their youth pastor about it later. And, like... I hate to break it to you, but that's a, that's a religion. 
Yeah, yeah, it sure is though. Um, like, like you, you literally just said the definition of a thing and said it's not the thing. You definitely did, and like. There's a confusion in modern religion between, like, the faith-based and the transaction-based because uh, it's supposed to be this nebulous personal thing and not the transactional pagan polytheistic thing where I offer my god a sandwich and my god makes me have a good harvest, right? Yeah. But people still think in that transactional model. People still think, I gave money to the church, I prayed, I did this, you know, homeless shelter community service or whatever. Why did this bad thing still happen to me? And uh, part of that, I think, is modern evangelical Christianity's, like, prosperity gospel and the way it has specifically tied financial and economic success into levels of faith and devotion uh, to specific churches and not necessarily to the tenets of the religion itself. Um, as we can see, I have interests in this topic, but um, PJ is making some completely fair points because in this theological model, it is transactional. They offer offerings to the gods and the gods are supposed to hold up their end of the fucking bargain and they're just not. Yep. It's yeah. like, wh- why am I giving up my good, good brisket to this yeah. fire if you're not even gonna talk, if you're, if you're not even going to designate me as your son, which is like why am I bare minimum. I've been eating this hamburger, and you know when you eat a hamburger and you take a bite over here and then you take a bite over there sometimes, and then you see like a really, really choice bit where there's just the correct balance of like cheese and bacon mm-hmm. and bun or whatever, and you know that's gonna be that's gonna be the bite that makes this fucking thing. Why I gotta give that to a guy who won't give me the time of day? Yeah, yeah, nah, it's a I... fair question. So there, so there, and <laughs> yes. Mid chapter scene break. Because <laughs> uh, there's no good there's no good transition point. Uh Casey, I hate to break it to you. We've been talking about this chapter what? for two minutes and we are on the second page. Uh It's true. Okay. Sorting time. Which I would pay so much money to go to a camp where I learned to sword fight. Uh Yo, same. Like The PJ's having some trouble though, William. Yeah. None of the equipment seems he can't seem to find the right balance. No. Nope. Which, this and a few later points led me to the uh, note of, th- this is my history nerd thing popping up again. Swords were a very secondary thing in Greece. Thank you. So why, like, why don't you try a spear? Right. Th- that, that, was, was, that was my thought as well. Why haven't they considered other weapons for him? And also the, uh, like, Greek hoplite-style shield, that that is not an individual fighter shield. That no. is a That is a, we are going to lock our shit together and not move shield. We saw 300. We know what's up. Uh, it, for an individual fighter, there were a lot of different other kinds of shield and often no shield. Yeah. So he can't find a sorting sword, he can't find a shielding shield, he can't find a sorting hat that but works for know, him. But you know what he does find? What? Luke is still really cool. Luke is just the fucking coolest is what's up. He is because described they're... as the best swordsman in the last 300 years. Which which raises the question, who I was mean, the last good one? Uh, I'm gonna... I, I, 
I'm gonna put my uh, stake on Julie Dobney. Sure, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, if you don't know yep. who Julie Dobney is, you should look her up. She's awesome. I will uh, look up Julie Dobney, especially now that I know she was a she. Automatically, ten percent more interested. Uh, French bisexual adventurer, basically, is all you. It's the 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 bare bones elevator pitch of who she was as a person. 60% more interested. Okay, um, fair enough. And also it's kind of damning with faint praise because the last 200 of those 300 years swords aren't, <laughs> haven't really been a thing. Not been sword heavy in their, in their battle curricula. Although like, <laughs> I, I suppose the context we're supposed to presume is there is that like the best in 300 years in this circle. Right. I mean, like, yeah, in that, this that's, community. that's probably the, that's probably what we're supposed to take away from it, but. Even then, but that's like a pretty small cross section of society. Anyway, so, uh, he is dual sparring with Luke, trying to learn some stuff, and it's going poorly, but, uh, Luke is, Luke is being cool about it, he's just much better, and just he's, like. He's, he, he's do, he's being the instructor, but the thing yeah. about, instructors is that they're usually good enough to whoop your shit. Yeah. So he's, well, and, he's lightly whooping Percy's shit. <laughs> well, and what Luke doesn't seem to have mastered is uh the ratio of, like, escape to success that you need when you're playing with a cat, right? Which is like, yeah. you need to let them catch the toy, like, one time out of every four or something like that, yeah. or else they'll get bored. <laughs> So, he needs to fucking throw Percy a bone is what's up, but, uh, yeah, but, he does but he not. But he is 19, and if he is the best, he probably has a teeny tiny bit of an ego on it, so he might, yeah, he may have a blind fair. spot. That's fair. So, they go over to get some water, um, PJ sees Luke dump some ice water on him noggin, and he says, you know what, I've been trounced, that sounds like a real good idea. Monkey see, monkey do, and he pours some water on his head. And his stamina gauge goes whoop right it, back it, to the It top. seems to, like, Super Mario Mushroom him. He gets a couple of status buffs he didn't even know were in the game system. Yeah. It's great. And now... He finally figured out what the turtleneck does. Honestly, <laughs> it keeps your neck warm. Uh, um, and protects you from vampires. Uh... <laughs> So Luke calls Percy over to kick his ass in front of everybody, basically. He gathers everybody up. Pretty much. And I wanted to ask your opinion on this. Is this a, like a dominance thing, or is this a compliment to PJ's competence? I think it might be a little both. And I some think, hazing, probably. Uh, it's probably a little hazing, and it's probably... Because some I've seen some teachers do this. Where they introduce an advanced concept early to show what kind of end game stuff looks like in their course. Right. Um, so he might, I, I think it's, I think it's various parts, uh, a little hazing, uh, showing what people, showing his students what can be done and right. also showing off that he can do it because he's cool. Yeah, he's got to remind everybody that he is Luke. He is Luke. He is the coolest guy in camp. But 
oh no, the plan to kick Percy's ass and look cool, uh, goes astray because, uh, uh, because Percy, uh, disarms him. Yeah, he manages to hold him off a little and then actually starts to talk back with his sword, uh, which Luke was not prepared for and does not seem to appreciate. I actually would have appreciated a little more of this specific exchange. I would have liked to see, like, PJ getting his feet under him a little bit and starting to do stuff. Yeah. And then Luke, like, you know, like the uh, sort of um, Wesley and Ego Montoya back and forth where they um, each, like... A little bit, but... Um, a, I found that that's actually quite difficult to communicate in pure text. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and B, uh, I think that's a, it's, that is accomplishing a different objective where, yeah. uh, this is supposed to be a surprise out of nowhere. Yeah, that's a point. And it's not a, it's not Luke, an exchange so much. And, uh, Luke, uh, takes a, takes a minute and then, uh, to his credit, he, uh, says, holy crap, Percy, that was awesome. He's so proud of Percy for disarming him. We forgot to mention, he pulled off the advanced difficult disarming technique on him in real time. And he's yeah. so proud of him. And then kicks his ass immediately and definitively into the ground. And, and he, and he is, he seems to be, he, uh, what I get from this is visible confusion. Cause it's yeah. like, how did you do that? What the and fuck? How are, and how are you not doing it now? Right? What's going on here? Uh, and they say, maybe it's beginner's luck. And Luke says, maybe. But I wonder what Percy could do with a balanced sword. Yeah, that's probably how he speaks. And I wanted to speak briefly about beginner's luck. Did you know that it's real? Uh, yeah, the- it's one of those things where, um, uh, I'm trying to remember if I'm, I'm trying to remember what I read, where basically people who are just starting out at a thing, they basically don't know how to do it right or wrong. Exactly. So they frequently just stumble upon the good, good ways of doing it. Yeah. And, uh. Then they, and then it's frequently followed up by them stumbling upon the wrong, wrong ways of doing it. And right. it's a back and forth of, until they level out at competence. Yeah, so there's a, there's a period where their baseline success rate is higher because they're not using the intended mechanisms, which are more difficult and lower your success rate, even though you're doing it the right way. So like, you know, it's skeet shooting, or whatever, there's, yeah. like, proper form and procedure and, like, tracking motion. And new guy's just like, I don't know, I just pointed the gun and went bam. And, like, that works a couple times. But but it does not work as many times as doing it the right way. It does not. So, beginner's luck. It's real. Yeah. Now you know that. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. And, frequ- and frequently... Uh, the correct procedures are not just there to, are not there to simply slow you down. They're that no. way usually for safety reasons or. Yes. Uh, because doing it the right way will be successful more often. Like, correct. your Maverick way might, might get it done faster, but, uh, I know I don't want that circuit board that was done in five minutes. 
No, absolutely not. You don't want, you don't want the one that some innovative genius was like, I don't need these steps. I know what I'm doing. And he like glued a Jolly Rancher in there because of his like grape matrix theory. Yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, this is a great fire starter you got me. Yeah, it's really good at that. It's an itty bitty Drew Barrymore. Unfortunately, what I asked, what I asked you to get me was a microprocessor. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking uh, of microprocessors, uh, Grover. Uh, yeah, they were hanging out at the lake with G. And Grover, uh, <coughs> in a actually understandable uh, moment for a young man, uh, is quite insistent on being miserable. Yeah, it's 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 fair. It is the right and the prerogative of every young man. And like Grover has been a young man for longer than most young men are young men, so he's gotten really good at it. He's yeah, got like, that, like, that sulk skill maxed out. Yeah, he's because uh, as a reminder, uh, he previously messed up at his job, which is correct over uh, half blooded kids. Yeah, we're learning uh, and, more and more about that, and it was bad. Yeah, it was quite bad. Uh, Percy was his second chance, and he still did not do great. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was supposed to take Percy to Half-Blood Hill. Percy brought him. Cause he I mean, was they still got there. They still got there, which uh, I guess counts for enough, because uh, Mr. D is not just uh, kicking him out. Uh, no. He's withholding pass-fail judgment. Uh, but <laughs> his pass-fail is predicated on Percy getting a quest, and Grover must accompany him and come back alive. They but they both must live in order yeah. to pass. Now, what occurs to me this time in reading this is that, so, that's not going to happen, right? Nobody thinks that's going to happen. That's not a realistic scenario. And so this is effectively giving Grover a fail without the closure and the dignity. It's it's an insult, really. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like, he's he's understandably pretty inconsolable about it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, uh, 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 I'll let you off the hook if you go on a quest with Percy. No quests yeah. have been given in like 10 years. Exactly. They imply that quests used to be much more common. Uh, it's also a much longer time when you're a young person. Although yeah. Grover's immortal? I don't know. That's I mean, weird. It, 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 I mean, they say that satyrs age slower, but they don't specify how old they get. They uh, do not. I assume they're immortal like most of the other, like, spirit guys. I don't know. Probably effective. Probably like effectively immortal. Where it's like Percy if, in a go ahead. Where it's like if if you live three thousand years, that is most of recorded human history. So you might right. as well be immortal. Yeah. Um. So PJ, in a desperate bid to change the subject, asks says, about the gods and why there are four empty cabins among the Olympian. uh lineup and yeah they and like give... we we the reader yes. know exactly why this was in the middle of the 2000s uh right and the real estate bubble burst so yeah. it was uh it was not a seller's market let me tell you no and especially i don't, I don't know i don't know what seller's market is i i, I know nothing about real estate nope. uh, but uh mythology ding yeah uh, it, it, it's sort of really nice bell sound here 
this is a this is a camp for the children of the gods. Correct. One of one of the Olympian gods is Artemis, whose whole thing is being a virgin. So she should yes. not be. Ha- so she has no kids. Maiden eternal. Uh, and and but, here, we but if she didn't get a get a cabin, she'd be snippy because she's still an Olympian. Yeah, exactly. So as as with many things with the gods, it's the point of the thing. Uh, they are not practical creatures. No, <laughs> they they're are assholes, petulant, emotional creatures. Uh, as I said, assholes. Uh, there you go. One cabin for Hera, who actually takes marriage seriously. Uh, and leads to a great line. She's the goddess of marriage, so of course she wouldn't go around having affairs with mortals. That's her husband's job. Which, yeah. God damn, Uncle Rick, that's a, that is a banger of a line. Tell us how you really feel. Yikes. Uh, Um, I mean, he's not wrong. And you have to, cause like, okay, so Zeus created Hera, right? Hera is his, are they both, they're both no, from... They, they are both the children of Rhea and Kronos. Right. Because, uh, on top of everything else, the Olympians are a, uh, big incestuous mess. Uh, Correct. Uh, the twelve Olympians were, uh, the children of Rhea and Kronos. And right. Kronos had received a prophecy of one of his children would overthrow him. Due to him, right. Zeus, uh, Zeus killed him, and all that happened. And then much, he went... much the same has happened with Uranus uh, when he and Gaia had all of the, all of the like Kronos, like those guys, all the Titans. Yeah, and uh, it's a it's a very interesting thing where uh, even societies that had big taboos on incest, like ancient Greece did, the gods still tended to be relatives even when they were married so yeah i i i I think that's a the gods are different from us right divine Uh, privilege well and that raises another question um what's the deal with divine marriage and i don't mean that as a joke i mean that like was was hera created like when she was she born a wife I to Zeus, or did, were they actually like wedded at one they, point? They were wedded, and okay, it's a, as adults. Um, okay, well, well, adults, one would hope. quote unquote. However, the fuck right. that works with gods. Um, um, and it's very much a thing of she took on the mantle of goddess of marriage. Right. Um, it was not a pre born thing. Right, it's not an inherent aspect of her. Yeah, it, it is one she took on, and she okay. took on with some gusto. Uh, right on. And she's good at it, unlike her husband. Well, and her husband, in fairness, is not god of, like, good husbanding. He, he is the god of breaking things, basically. Ain't he just. Yeah. Speaking of whom, so there is one cabin each, except not really, for each of the big three, uh, Poseidon, Hades, and Zeus, there is no cabin for Hades, nor does he have a throne in Olympus. Because he is not an Olympian. He is a Chthonic god. Correct. Uh, he, 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 his purview is the Underrealm. Yeah. Uh, not the, not which, the on top of mountains. 
No, he, uh, he, his purview is, uh, dark, is things in the dark and the underground. Yeah. Uh, which, and also bureaucracy, if the video game Hades is to be believed, which and, I think we can all agree it is. And gemstones. Uh, yeah. Because he, he is often associated with geology. Sure, uh, I can see that. So Percy asks quite reasonably, okay, well, like Poseidon and Zeus, why are their cabins empty? Them dudes loved siring. Yeah, it's like, aren't all of the problems in the ancient Greek myths because Zeus couldn't keep it in his toga? Uh, is that not a solid, yeah, bit of the Greek mythological canon? And did and... William not just steal that joke from me from the time we tried to record this episode previously? Uh, not on purpose, but I'll take that <laughs> for it. Uh, and Uncle Rick does another thing where oh, I... Oh, it's a bad thing. I will... I would bet... I would put actual money on the on the fact that this is probably another of his... I would not do this if I wrote it today. Yeah, Un- Uncle 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 Rick's rut rose. Uh, <laughs> the, the things Uncle Rick knows he did poorly in hindsight. Correct, where... and many of many of those we are prepared to write off because of like who among us, right? And, and, uh, and it was two thousand five. Everyone yeah. was stupid in two thousand five. Exactly, but... everyone's stupid now, just in different ways. <laughs> uh, but. The, the explanation for why the cabins are of Zeus and Poseidon are empty is because uh-huh. uh, it turns out World War Two was uh, Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades fighting. Yes, after which they signed a um, uh, non-proliferation uh, treaty, if you like. Uh, oh, oh, that's a good one. I'm very um, proud of that. Um. And because the fight was basically between their kids, and it was right. decided that, you know, there's too much going on here. Uh, yeah. So we're not doing that. So, um, oh boy, and, boy, is there a lot to talk about here. I, I do want to say one thing just real quickly. They they swore this non-proliferation treaty upon the sticks, which is the most serious oath any mortal or divine can make. Um, no more, it says this explicitly, no more human women. Which is an interesting possible loophole. Uh, I mean, it is, because, I mean, if they have affairs with human men, there's no more kids. I am just, like, the definition of family can and has evolved, I don't know. I'm well, just saying, there, There's no like, more blood kids. Look, that, you're not gonna... There, con- there has look, to be look, a better way to say that, I'm sorry, that, that... Mm. Biological children, I know what you did, yeah, but like, look, you're not gonna convince me, and like, it, it was 2005, Uncle Rick was writing a book for kids, you're not gonna convince me there weren't trans men in ancient Greece, uh, you know, and I'm, like, the, there's a reason most of the, most of the biological, uh, conversation right now is surrounding like, people who are pregnant, not pregnant women. I'm just saying, I am just saying. Uh, yeah, no, that, that is, absolutely a loophole they would use if they could think of it. To be clear, I am not trying to use trans people as a gotcha. I'm just saying, like, 
there have always been trans and non-binary and gay people. Like, the LGBTQ spectrum has always existed throughout all of human history. And, like, any version of any mythology or mythological text where all of the divinities are strictly straight... Oh, yeah, no, no. You're not going to convince me that's not completely revisionist. (laughs) Uh, Casey, for your own knowledge, I want you to look up the mythological figure of Ganymede. Ganymede! Let's see here. Cowboy Bebop reference. Alright, let's see here. Uh, Ganymede, one of the moons of Jupiter, I believe? Yes. Named after a, a, a an attractive boy that Zeus really liked, and so oh boy. swept him up. Oh boy. That's not great. Uh, yeah, no, it's and not. he uh, became the cupbearer of the Olympian gods. Literal sex slave! Literal child sex slave. Oh, yeah, well, no, it's... it's uh, just saying that there is precedent. Well, how about that? Anyway, I'm just saying, if this book had been written now and not 20 years ago, uh, I think that, that would, could... Cause, like, that would you be saw the first at least. Well, you saw the first of the new Spidered Men, right? Yes. Um, the, the, pr- the prom one. And, like, the moment when... Um, what, which Batman is that? Um, remind me of the name. Uh, Michael Keaton. Michael who is, who is the, who is the vulture? He, Michael Keaton. Thank vulture. you, thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, the first good vulture, by the way, ever in any Spider-Man oh, yeah. media. I, I, but, I mean, to be fair, Michael Keaton could play a phone book salesman and find a way to be either interesting or terrifying. Correct. But like, uh, when he opens that door, uh, I was in a movie theater and I saw that and the audience gasped and like him being him having a black wife and having a daughter of color is it's not a trick it's not a gotcha right it's just like it plays the audience's expectations against itself because they assumed that uh mj's father would also be a person of color and like we can talk about whether or not that's a reasonable assumption in the in you know the in the new 20s or whatever that's a different conversation in the year of in the year of our current year argument. Well, exa- yeah, but like, uh, it's just, it played audience expectation against itself, and I don't think it was necessarily like a trick or a cheap twist or a gotcha. And I think, like, given what we know about the breadth of human gender and sexuality throughout history, I think there could have been some room for that. Um, I am gonna, like, <clears throat> I'm going to give Uncle Rick the benefit of saying that even if he had thought of that in 2005, he knew he probably didn't have the tools to articulate it well. And he uh, probably would have been quite heavily pilloried for... Well, yeah, it wouldn't have gotten a Disney publishing imprint, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Um, Uh, Anyway, so, like, if this was being written now, where... That probably would have been at least brought up. Yeah, because, like, it's important for non-LGBTQ people and people outside of those communities to include that representation. Not from a, like, authoritative standpoint, obviously. But, but just like, as a, these people objectively exist in the world. Exactly. And that's all, I, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, that's literally all you have to say. Yeah, you have to go out of your way to not include LGBT people, to not include people of color, to not include disabled people in like even if you like even if it never comes up in any story way, even if yeah, 
even if it honestly never comes up, because that's pretty realistic. Like, yeah. Well, and I just finished um, John Scalzi's uh, The Kaiju Preservation Society, which is excellent. I recommend it. It's like 260 pages. It's a really light, breezy read. You can just chomp right through it. It's a hell of a lot of fun. And it has some of the best gender inclusion I have ever seen in my life. Uh, there is one they them character who it's completely uncommented upon. They're just, yeah. they're just a they. And the main character whose name is Jamie, Jamie's gender is never identified in the entire Ooh. book because it doesn't fucking matter. You know what does? Feeding Godzilla's. Yo, yo, yeah. I can agree with that. Like, yeah, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds cool. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you gotta go out of your way not to include people at this point and really that makes your setting less realistic and more artificial and grody and weird like, um but like i'm I, I have a problem of giving too much benefit of the doubt to certain things yeah but like we want to be generous but like even in like historical settings where in this setting it's basically all men or all women. Right. Like, there's still going to be some of the other there, yep. because that's just, like, that's just let, let, let's say you have, you're have you telling a story about the British army in the 1700s. Go on. I'm just pulling this out of my ass. Okay. You know, obviously there are no female officers. Or anything. That we know of. That we know of. Um, there are definitely, definitely sweet Polly Olivers oh, who dressed as dudes that join the army. At least, at least one. Like, yeah. you can't... Th- that like, we know this for so, a fact. It's not even supposition. It's, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, it happened so often, I would be surprised if it didn't at some point. It just yeah. never got found out. Um, so? But, you know, you know sure, all of, all of the army people are going to be dudes. Right. But there's still nurses, there's still civilian yep. staff, there's still families yep. of the soldiers. War veterinarians for all it, the dogs and horses. You know, that still, you know, civilian people you can include in your story unless yep. you go out of your way to only have the story be about the immediate army unit. Yeah, which is weird and constrained and which doesn't is, work as a machine. Is, I mean, it wouldn't be a long story. Nope. It could be, it'd probably be a pretty good, you know, 30 minute yeah. video about a battle, but, yeah. you know, you know, it, anyway. it, it, it can work, but you, but it's going off the thing of you kind of have to go out of your way not to include other people. Exactly. Um, and you know, this whole thing also raises some interesting questions about like Artemis's status as maiden eternal. Like what? What really counts in that title? Um, um, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, and that's, you know, not to be prurient or gross. I'm just saying, like, there are considerations. Like, to make. We are way off track <laughs> and uh, way over time. So, okay, uh, there are some problems with this idea um, about World yeah, War II being fought between. supernatural so, causes to real events is some of the, one of those things we don't really do anymore. We don't, 
And, like, there are implications to this that I didn't even realize the first time I read this because I was younger or even the first time I read this when we tried to record it last week. Like, so you're telling me that nuclear weapons were employed against Godspawn. Which, like, you know, that sounds like a really good comic book setup. I'm here for that, just not well, on the planet I live on. And, and, and like, that's one of those implications where... You can definitely tell he did not realize that implication. Did not think that Which, through. Because you know if he did, that would be the story. Nope. Highlight, cut, yeah, out. And secondly, this occurred to me just last night. William, let us consider World War One. Who? World War One was a big event, obviously. There were a lot yes. of people. Who would you consider the three major players in World War One? Uh... Britain, France, okay. and uh, okay. Germany. If 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 if, we, if I have to, if I have to constrain it to three. Okay, um, I, let's just say four then. Add one more big player in there. Who you got? Russia. Russia. Okay, who ran Russia, Germany, and uh, England at that time? Uh, kings. Okay. Yeah. Do you know which king specifically? Uh, uh, King Edward the Fifth was England, Kaiser Wilhelm the first was Germany, and Tsar Nicholas the second of Russia. Correct. Do you know what all those people have in common, William? They were cousins. They were Queen Victoria's grandchildren. So what the fuck about that then, Uncle Rick? (laughs) I mean Um That sounds like a much messier family fight. Uh, I'm, I'm actually really here for that story. And part uh, of that, admittedly, is just that we have enough, like, distance from World War One and all its horror that we can think of it in those and, terms. And also, uh, there was a distinct lack of genocide in World War One. That's arguable, and I don't think we're in a position to talk about that. Uh, World War One was... World War One was so horrible that they genuinely thought it would erase the concept of war from human consciousness because it had reached its maximum potential. Um, so that's it. That's a different thing. But anyway, uh, that just occurred to me, like, because if World War Two was the last time that the gods got involved in human wars, then obviously it wasn't the first time. So yeah. what? I mean, what's going on there? I don't know. Yeah, uh, the Civil War. I don't know. No, I wait don't. a minute. Greeks, that, that, they, they loved, they loved some, some slavery. No. Yeah, that, 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 that is a similar problem. Yeah, uh, it's best dealt with by just not doing it. Uh, yeah. And. Anyway, anyway. So. Uh, something I, I, I know you will probably, uh, have questions on. Uh, so they made this oath on the sticks. Correct. And then Zeus did a Zeus. Yeah. Uh, and he had a kid with, uh, yep. an 80s starlet. Correct. And it fucked things up. Big time. It real, it real did. Um, a, a daughter called Thalia, uh, upon whom Hades set every monstro in Tartarus. Yeah, like, um, like everything he had in his arsenal, he sent out. Correct, including specifically the Dire, uh, the Furies, the Arinyes, because they are specifically given purview over Oathbreakers. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, what 
I mean, uh, th- this is not what the story is about. So right. I understand why that why he doesn't go into it. What are the consequences for Zeus breaking an oath on the sticks? Uh, apparently none. Yeah, it's like uh, again, th- th- this is not what the story is about. Right. I understand from a Doyleist perspective why it's not in here. Right. Because, uh, but it but it raises the question. It raises okay, so the what's question. the fucking point in swearing on the sticks then? Yeah, like if you're not at least like like d- did Zeus get put in timeout for a few decades at least? Like, no, no that's not nobody puts not. Zeus in a corner. Uh, yeah, that wasn't even no. a joke. That was just a true thing. Yeah, no, it's like it's like then what what what's, what the fuck. Yeah. Uh, so Thalia, as is so often the case, uh, suffered uh, the consequences of her parents' actions. She quote didn't want to live like a hunted animal, uh, and w- like she had her searcher, the one who had hunted her down, and some of her friends. They tried to make it to camp, uh, and she went full Thermopylae so that they could like safely get there. She, she went full Kazad Doom. You will not pass. Nice, good pull. Yes, she absolutely did. Zeus took pity on her and made her into the One Tree Hill tree. Every girl's dream, I assume. Is One Tree Hill a thing? Because you keep saying it in a way that implies it's a thing. Oh yeah, it's a it's a television program. Oh, I don't know it. Yeah, I don't either. I just know it exists. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's that mystery solved. Um, yep. <laughs> moving on. Uh, so little Thalia gets turned into hell, and she is basically the barrier that is keeping Correct. the monsters out of Camp Afflood. Which brings yes. up another thing. So this barrier that protects the camp from yeah. monsters is less than ten years is, is less than twenty years old. I so was guess. the camp just open before then? It was either much more dangerous or uh maybe they had some other kind of system set up. Well, and prior to her birth, there may not have been a need for one. Because as we have learned, like the big th- children of the big three put off a very particular and potent god stank, right? So, like, so they're maybe... either so they're either moving to a position of power real quick, or they're getting marked. Well, exactly. So, like, given that Camp Half Blood is specifically set up for kind of the like also rans, kind of the little you know like yeah, s- like forgotten stepchildren of this world, like maybe they didn't need protection. Maybe. That that is true, um, and that's kind of the end of the conversation. Uh, well, yeah, PJ regrets not being badass enough to save his mother. Um, they talk about oh, whether anybody has ever successfully retrieved someone from the underworld. Uh, Grover mentions that some heroes, including Houdini, have which, done underworld quests. Uh, it, 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 Uncle Rick does the thing again where he just brings something up and just brushes past it. Which is the good move, honestly. Uh, which is a good move, because it, it lets us speculate who he's the kid of. Exactly. Uh, and my vote is Hecate. Cause yeah, that It's tracks. really funny that Houdini was this ardent, yeah, magic isn't a thing, I'm just... Magic's not real, I, dummies. I, I'm fooling you. Here's how I'm fooling you. This is trickery. 
but his mom is literally the goddess of magic. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. I mean, I feel like the obvious answer is Hermes. Like, that's the go-to, the, you know, the sort of Mr. Miracle, you know, Mimi, you know, Bugs Bunny, zoom yeah, off screen. Yeah, but... he, he is, he is the tricksy one. Exactly. But yeah, I think, uh, Hecate, that would be, that would be pretty good. Um, but nobody has ever successfully brought anyone back from the underworld, ever. And at this point, PJ is beginning to suspect, like, the shape of his lineage, if not the specifics of it. Yeah. But Grover shuts that shit down forthwith, because if PJ is a big three-nager, uh, then he is never gonna get a quest. Oh, and yeah, Grover is they, never they, gonna get his quest. At license. best, they are going to lock him in the attic. Because exactly. they're not letting this shit happen again. So fucking quit it. Get it out of your damn noggin, Persimus. Oh, and uh, they do another thing I like. I wish they had brought up, put in more detail. Uh, he brought up, brings up the idea of maybe you're probably a ch- child of Hermes, or maybe even sure. one of the minor gods like Nemesis. Yes. Which is Nemesis! A, which is an interesting idea, because so far we've only talked about Children of the Olympian gods? Correct. If Who were not the only gods. No, but if there are also children of the lower level gods, A, uh-huh. I have the question of how low on the ladder do you need to be to still be considered a half-blood god? Right, which itself raises the question, how low on the ladder can you be and still be considered a god? Like, what measure yeah. is a divinity? B, how... How, how would they be categorized? Are, are they Quarter, still just... Are, are, they still, are they still just put in with Hermes because he's just the also Rand cabin? Yeah, or like do, what's or, the deal or, there? And three, how many of these little bastards are there? Millions. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it raises a bunch of interesting questions. And once again, like with the, the Houdini books, thing... The Uncle book's Rick not just, about that. It's so. not. Uncle Rick just drops it, does some decent, like, world-building by example, and uh, just scoobles off onto the next thing. And the next thing, William, it's is capture the, the motherfucking flag. I know you've been looking forward to this. The <laughs> the next day, at night at dinner, it is announced that it is capture the flag time. God, and- nothing hammers home the fact that these are young people with ridiculous metabolisms more than the fact that they're doing a strenuous physical activity after dinner. Uh, yeah, no, oh, God, I wish I could do that again. I, God, it's ridiculous. You'd be so like, queasy. Youth is wasted on the young. Yo, for real. And that's a cyclical thing. We're not the first people to realize this. We won't be no. the last. But, like, if you're listening to this and you're, like, in your late teens or early 20s or whatever, this is the time to treat your body like garbage. You're doing the exact right thing. It's designed oh, yeah, no. for what you're doing to it. Oh, yeah, no. Live on two hours of sleep, eat nothing but cigarettes, you're fine. Yeah, no. Nineteen years old. Eat that pizza. And you are indestructible. Go a, and go for a swim. Because do you a, know how? Like, do you know what my back hurting tells me? That I'm awake. So yeah. enjoy, enjoy that body while you got it. So the the capture of the flag is announced. The teams yeah. are two: the cabins of Athena and the cabin yeah. of Ares. Yeah. And the other cabins have been, uh, wrangled into alliances. Yep. Um, Hermes, the cabins of Hermes and Apollo, the two, noted as the two biggest cabins, 
have been brought into on the side of Athena. Yep. And and Ares has brought in the kids of Dionysus, Demeter, Aphrodite, and Hephaestus. Last Pretty much everybody I, else. Last tangent, I promise. Go for it. I'll probably break that promise. I'm sorry. So Dionysus has a cabin here. He's huh. also the he's and he has kids here. Huh. He's also one of the he's also the head of the camp. That's an interesting point. What does that dynamic look like? I want to know. Um, uh, well, you know, I doubt he likes his kids much more than okay. he likes anybody else. Although it does point out, I remember in one of the dinner scenes talking about how there were two kids sitting there who looked like Mr. D sitting with him at his table. Huh. huh. So I guess he at least talks to him. I mean, I guess, which is more than most of them get. Yeah. Weird. Well, and, like, maybe that's another thing that Uncle Rick just dropped in there and, like, he didn't do that mental math. Um, maybe it's, like, you know, when when Dionysus is there at the camp, it's like, I'm not your father, I'm the camp administrator. Like, yeah, it's, 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 like when you're, it's like when your parent, parent's a teacher. Exactly. I'm Mr. D here. Yeah. Weird. That's an excellent point. That had not occurred to me. That's very interesting. Mm. Um, so... PJ has been assigned Border Patrol. Uh, Annabeth is being weirdly dismissive of him about it, especially because she was the one who was so, like, excited to have him on her team. Yeah. And him whittle feelings all hot, his precious whittle tiny man fifis. But you know what? This is, again, continuing the line of people not telling PJ things and expecting yep. him to just be cool with it. Yep. And Although this one pays off, as we'll see. You know, Athena might have a plan, but if you told PJ the plan, he might be able to do it better. The plan does not require that PJ know the plan. Well, then it's a bad plan. Disagree! So Clarice and the Ares crew uh, show up, and they, they kick his ass. They just oh, trounce him. They beat seven kinds of shit out of him. They do. And it, start, and it starts with a great line. I managed to sidestep the first kid's swing. But these guys were not as stupid as the Minotaur. Nope. Uh, and and it gets worse. Like it's implied that they're gonna actually seriously hurt him. Or oh yeah, like, no, they, they are going to do as much as they can get away with to this guy. Yeah, Clarice says to cut his hair, which like sounds really petty, but that's seriously invasive oh, yeah, no, and traumatizing. That since time immemorial in like most of the uh, cultures of the world, that is a serious, like, Insult and power move. Yeah, that's a domination move. Um, But anyway, one of them cuts his arm, uh, breaking the no-maiming rule, and Percy calls him out on it and says, Hey, what the fuck, man? No mames. You're off mamesies. And the guy just says, Oops. Oops. Guess I lost my dessert privilege. (laughs) So once again... Once again, there are no consequences for anything. Uh, I mean, yeah, no. And also, I have a question on that no maiming rule, because Clarice has a goddamn, like, magic cattle prod. She certainly does. She She has a spear that is glowing with, like, red lightning or some shit. Yeah, it's real bad. 
How exactly are you going to play with that and not maim someone? What is maim? Does cooking not count as maiming? Because that's what that would do. Also, uh, I I am seriously, not not like pedally or technicality-wise, I am seriously arguing that cutting someone's hair counts as maiming. That's removing a part of oh, their body. Oh, yeah, no, that, um, no that, that's a serious fuck-up. Exactly. Yeah, your cattle pride, that's that's an excellent point. Um, also, I just want to point out that when that guy said he lost his dessert privilege, dessert is a right Anyway, they knock PJ into the creek, uh, presumably to perpetrate some more grievous bodily harm on him, and it's like Neo rising from the dead in the first Matrix. He yeah, he, he just like blasts. He, he does like a plank stand up. He doesn't even have to use his knees. Oh God, I I was able to do that once in my teenagehood, and it hurt. Yep, he rises in a. Tidal fury. He snaps Clarice's stupid fucking cattle prod spear in half. He knocks her flat, and he disassembles these fools. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He he properly rings Clarice's bell by like just whomping her on the head with his sword. Is great. Yeah, it, it's great. Always here for violence against bullies. Uh, <laughs> yep. And in this chaos. <clears throat> Luke, continuing his uh role as the coolest, just yep. bursts out of the out of the woods carrying the flag. Hero because, of another story, baby. Because you know what Percy was? He was a, a distraction. distraction. He sure he, was. He was he a held, tasty, tasty little punch and prize that they knew Clarice couldn't resist. Yeah, and he held down probably the biggest threats on the field while they just zooped around and just stole that shit. Yep, he did his job. And if he had known that, he would have fucked it up, William. Ah, uh, I mean, I would argue he no. He would have tried too hard. He would have tried too hard. Yeah. I, I mean... Because that's what he do. I, I, I mean, maybe. I don't know. All right. Well, in any event, Annabeth, ABC herself, appears from Invisible. So she admits to using PJ as a diversion, the old tactician. Uh, PJ does not appreciate this because he no. is a protagonist. He is not a generic recruitable unit with no unique art or dialogue. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he, I mean, good on him on the uptake. He puts together, like, once it's over, he puts together what the plan was pretty quick. Yeah. Like, he he, he doesn't demand that Annabeth explain herself or anything like that. He just like, oh, wait, I know what happened. Right. I can see the shape of this. And, so, and, uh, in the midst of this, uh, he starts talking, yelling about his sword cut, and Annabeth is like, what sword cut? Right. And she's, in about, in a span of about five minutes, he has gone from a serious gash to small scar. Right. And the penny drops for ABC, uh, you know, the one we picked up a good couple chapters back. Well, I, I picked it up from the uh, cover because it has a trident on it. Exactly. Um, He's the son of a dentist. So, <laughs> <laughs> there's a hellhound attack uh, and that, that presents, like, a real threat for, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> and Chiron just mokes the thing. For real, just lays it down. Like, peppers him with arrows. He, he basically pulls a one-man version of the end of Hero. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and, uh, it's, and 
they're, they're all wondering how the hell a hellhound. <laughs> Didn't try to nah, that, but I'll take it. How the hellhound? Uh, uh, it showed up. Clarice tries to sh- throw shade on PJ, but to Kaiwan's credit, he's like, shut up. Shut the fuck up, Clarice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's which, you know, there, there's a trope of often bullies are, like, given the, like, over The, the, the Boba Fett benefit of the doubt, yeah. Uh, and Kyron is just not doing that. And, or the, uh, the I, Malfoy advantage. I love him for it. Yeah, and, uh, it's very good. Like a quest giver in an RPG. Yep. Percy obtains a big glowing sigil above his head. Yeah, a big old fucking hologram. Yeah, in the shape of a trident, which is... Correct. Uh, yeah, no. (laughs) He has been officially claimed as the son of Poseidon. Correct. Earthshaker, Stormbringer, Father of Horses. Hail Perseus Jackson, Son of the Sea God. Yeah, and that's the jump line. That's really good. This is a good chapter, William. There was a there was a lot. Yeah, it was a, big, a, and we made it bigger. The, the title was uh, misleading because a lot more happens than captures a flag. Correct. So I have to imagine the title was kind of a joke. Well done, Uncle Rick. You rascal. Um, Casey. What? Uh, I think we are running low on time, so we'll have to go through we the post quickly. Definitely are. I have to be at work in eleven minutes. Uh, okay. You did you tell, find? Go ahead. Tell me your brunner. Oh, uh, my your brunner, brunner and all is... runners up. All runners up. <laughs> yes. Is Poseidon, or Posey, if you know him, uh, claiming PJ with a literal quest marker above his head, as you illustrated yeah. at the end there. So yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That made me very happy. And I like to think that, like, it manifests differently depending on the age you're in, and that, like, because, like, the gods don't know video games, but there's some, like, administrative spirit that handles all of this oh, shit, yeah. and it knows... Like, wait a minute. The kid's like, wow. They're gonna get oh, this. Oh, yeah. I don't know, uh, what Uncle Rick knows, uh, so I don't know how, uh, deliberate that is, but I have to imagine that if he knew video games at the time, he absolutely made it that way on purpose. Exactly. What about you? You got any brunners um, or brunner-ups? I have a brunner-up. Um, what is it? I, I just really liked Chiron just destroying a hellhound with very little effort. Yeah, that was very cool. Because oftentimes, in books like this, you'll have a mentor figure who is supposed to be really strong and impressive, but kind of doesn't do anything. Yeah, just an uh, informed This feature. is not that. Nope. Uh, Chiron is a threat. Yes, uh, he is. If given reason to be. Uh, and I oh, just appreciate wonderful. that. I wonder if we'll see that come into play at any time later. Oh, uh, I hope so. Uh, but my, day. my true and proper, uh, runner award Your goes to the cabin discussion. Yeah, because, that was really good. Because A, I like that they remembered that <laughs> Artemis is a virgin god, so she should not, not have any children. Right. Like, like Let's no say matter Maiden what, god. Uh, maiden god. So no, ma- no matter what version of that word you're using, she should not yeah. be having kids. Right. Uh, and also um, the other cabins, because oftentimes in books like this, stuff like that isn't really explored. So 
have just having a page where they go over this, 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 and this. Right. Because PJ's the protagonist, and we now know he's a son of one of the big three, rah, rah, rah. This story is about him, but he's not the only thing happening in it. Yes. Like, this isn't this isn't the only story taking place in this world. No. And even if we're not going to get the story of a Festus cabin or Apollo cabin... Have, oh, we might just. Well, we might. Um, having that be a thing where it's just... It, it shows that Uncle Rick is not being... You know, lazy. He's, he's right. still, he, he's still making, he's making sure that all the corners are painted in. Even if it's not a particularly important corner. Right. Good stuff. Good brunner. What's our next chapter? Our next chapter is chapter nine. Uh, where the fuck is that page? Uh, I am offered a quest. Very good. So go ahead and read chapter nine. Continuing the very concise titles. Yeah, they're functional, if nothing else. So go ahead and read chapter nine, uh, Quest Love and Quest Lost, uh, for next time. Quest Love and Rock and Roll. Where we find out, did becoming invisible render Annabeth blind as it absolutely should have, and did her plan account for this as it does for all things? Which of the empty cabins is an enterprising child of Hermes absolutely using as a black market emporium? And has Poseidon just not called PJ because a hermit crab stole his shell phone? We'll find out next time in the Jackson 2. Please get at us. You can find us on Twitter at the underscore Jackson underscore T-W-O. You can email us at thejackson2pod at gmail.com. Please give us your ratings and reviews in all of the stores and places you can do that. In any and all communication with us, if you send it to us, we will read it on the air. Please let us know how or if you would like to be addressed. Also, we have a Patreon where for two bucks a month, you can get all the episodes as quickly as I can get them edited. For five bucks a month, you get exclusive pre shows william what was our pre-show about today uh our pre-show today as often is the case is just going over various media we were we've consumed over the past week games and movies and you love them comic books boy i goddamn Uh, don't i love a comic book and we also had a in-depth discussion on uh the meaning of life yeah, the meaning of life, which in this context was specifically the meaning of finding Henry Cavill hot in The Witcher. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah get, get at us on that if you... <laughs> and... Stay cool. <laughs> uh, I, I ran Stay out of cool. words, I'm sorry. Fair enough. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Wear your goddamn masks because BA2 is on the rise and I do not want to have to do this for the rest of my goddamn life. Eat the blue food. We love you all, our buddies. Eat the blue food. Love you all, buddies. Bye. Bye.